Hello, dear sirs and madams. It's uh, episode 128 of the podcast. I'm super excited about it. It's me. It's Jake. And uh, my guest this week is Greg Behrens, my friend, Gregory Behrens, who you've heard on the podcast times before, if you've listened to the podcast before. Now, I just always like to, I'm the sponsor of the podcast, so I always like to say where, what I'm doing and where I'm going, but I've decided to really just, I'm going to run the, I'm just going to do it briefly. If you want to know where I'm going or you want to know more things about me, go to jakethis.com. I've got shows coming up in Portland, Oregon. I'm going to Atlanta, Georgia. I'm coming to Columbus, Ohio. And that is all January, February. I'm going to be in Minneapolis at Acme. I'm going to Levittown, New York. And I'm going to be back in Burbank. Go to jakethis.com. You can check out all of that stuff, jakethis.com. You know about that. I'm on Twitter at jakethis. I'm all of those things. So that out of the way, this is the, uh, this is the show. I just had a great uh, show last night. Now I'm telling you about things that you can't go do until Time Machine. When they get the Time Machine, there's going to be a lot of possibilities that are open to you. And there are still seats available for last night's show in Sioux City, Iowa, that I did with my new friend, Ben Moore. He's, he was, I just had brunch with him. We were hanging out and talking about uh, rape culture, not that we're, because we're, we're against it. It's two guys who are against rape culture. That's what we were, we're just clearing up, trying to figure out how to really kind of maximize our efforts to get, to stop whatever, rape culture. So we were talking about that, and we had a great show last night. Lisa Lampanelli is there tonight, and so I met her for the first time. That was terrific. We had a great time hanging out. Why is she not on the podcast? Well, because I didn't bring this stuff. I just met her. Come on, give me a break. But so, Soap Day, Soap Day, someday, someday, soapfully, she'll be on the podcast. But right now, this week on the podcast, is my friend Greg Barrett, and we had a great time. He came out to my house on a Wednesday. Wednesdays are cool. I think I mentioned that. But uh, today, this is not Wednesday. You know, let me tell you something about this week's episode of the podcast. Thursdays are cool. The podcast is coming out on Thursday. Thursdays are cool. But really, what day of the week is not cool when you've got a chance to listen to people talk to you from that tiny box inside your pocket? Ladies and gentlemen, Greg Barrett. Okay, this is on now. It's on. No, you talk. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that good? I'm going to get that. I'm going to get this one. Yeah, you should get this one. It's a good. This is a. This is a good one because these knobs, you can just dial the knobs. Is that, and then this, and then you later on put this into your computer. Yeah, I can show you how to do all that. Yeah, because uh, uh, my. Um, you know, I'm, I'm without a podcast. I know your podcast, but that's you're on this podcast I'm on this right one now. now. Yeah, I thought we could do walking the Jake. I love. Uh, I like taking Jake for a walk. <laughs> taking Jake for a walk. <laughs> taking Jake for a walk. I would the thing. Yeah, we could go for walks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could just go for walks together. I like that you just show up though. I don't know when you're coming. No. I just uh, well, that's the way it is with a dog, isn't it? They don't know when they're going to go yeah. for a walk. You work it out with my wife though, so someone knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because yeah, because I your daughter gave me a like. I'm busy right now. She, oh, was she very, is busy right she now. She was really busy. She was doing her homework, and I was like, how are you? And she's like, I'm very busy. Knocking this out. Sometimes that shyness with her. I get it. But, yeah. I get it. She was laughing a moment before. That's why I. she was laughing at something your mom was uh, there. You know, your wife was saying. So I was like, oh, I'll, hey, how are you? And she's like, I'm very – I'm, I'm not – you're not part of what's going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're, not in, you're not in the loop. You're not in the club. Of my, are you on the list? Yeah. I don't think you're on you're the list. You're on the list. You're on the list. Um, so you're without a podcast. I am, but my but you, my my wife and I are. We had this idea this morning, which is, um, we were talking about, we were arguing about the book that we're writing, 
You guys are writing a book together? Yeah, we're writing a book, and I was like, why don't we just record our our writing sessions about the book? Right. Like we sit down and talk, and then we go write. So I go, why don't we just do that as a podcast? We'll just do the chapter. We'll just talk about the chapter we're going to write, and we'll fight about it, and then we'll put it up, and that'll be the – because the book is called How to Keep Your Marriage from Sucking. And I was like, why don't we just have the fight we had this morning about how you should, how we should have gotten engaged, how I should have asked you to marry me in the first place, and what what you really want or what I thought you should have wanted, and then we'll put that up. I like that you're writing a book about how to keep your marriage from sucking, but it's not about this is what we did and how it worked. It's like this is what we did and this is what we should have done. Oh, 100%. It's not from the place of we're great. It's from the place of we have – there's been some suckage. Amira's favorite thing to say about the marriage is we've been married for 15 years and those are seven of the best years of our life and not in consecutive order. Well, but I think that's true. Of, I think that's true of a lot of marriages. Yeah. I mean, our 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 marriage is good, but it's cyclical. It's cyclical. You know, you're sometimes you're in the winter part of your marriage where it's just like, oh my god, I gotta just put on all my clothes and try. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah. and then sometimes you're in the summer part of your marriage and everything's great and you're in love. And then the first time that you cycle out of that summer and you think we should get divorced because this is terrible. You don't realize, oh, it's going to come, it's going to come back around. I mean, you have to work at it, but yeah. And also I think one of the, the thing, if the book is successful at all, it explains it, it, the idea that a marriage is not. I think there's a concept. I think everybody goes into it with this idea that it's this you've found the ultimate person, so you're going to have the ultimate time as opposed to if you went on an epic journey with a friend, you'd come out of that journey going, fuck, dude, you're the person I want to go through this with. That was a fucking nightmare part of it, but God damn it, I'm glad you're the person I went through it with. Mm-hmm. But you're going to, you're climbing a mountain and there's going to be bugs and shit and holes and stuff you didn't let for. And sometimes you got to shit outside. And sometimes there's going to be a fucking waterfall and the sun's going to come out and it's going to be beautiful and there's going to be a plateau and it's going to be amazing. And then it's going to get fucking hard again. And torrential rain and people are going to get sick and that's the thing you signed up for so it shouldn't be it should be thought of as you're the person i'm going on this trip with for the rest of my life because i don't want to do it by myself and also i want to i want to have i want to make people well they always with yeah yeah the people that you make the children that's what you mean we both really wanted children probably more than really? we liked each other really i wasn't <laughs> ba- i didn't really understand what i was getting into with the children thing that was that was not ever a thing that i felt like oh that's i need to do that in my life so really? it was really a revelation to me how awesome awesome that is but uh, but i was not a per- i didn't think i was like to take it or, take it or leave it i, I never thought oh, i need to have a kid I, I thought well i was a kid i know what that's like and i and i'm now i'm i'm an adult and i'm enjoying myself I, I, that's not a i wasn't i wasn't that that was a thing that i got with included in naked lady yeah 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 i we went fast we were like it was we it was started we she got pregnant like nine months after we got married I think uh huh I mean we were really like well nine months after she got pregnant nine months after so yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. right away that's not no not, but we were but, like I think that's we quick, yeah yeah and I think like there's a part of me that sometimes goes that didn't give us enough time alone because I do pine for that sometimes but at the same time like I don't. I you know I wouldn't change the you know the outcome for anything. Well, but then you also will get that time with. I mean, it's hard to to stick through to that time. If my when wife the kids doesn't follow the girls to college, 
Yeah, she's they obsessed all, with She's obsessed with it. They the girls. think they're going to do that. They, I, that's what I... Moms think they're going to do that. But let me tell you something. Those girls are going to have... The girls probably are into it right now. Yeah. But they're not going to be into it when they're 18 years old. No. And boy crazy. And they've just yeah, figured yeah, yeah. out pot or booze or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, eventually the girls are going to find all the same things annoying about Amira that I find annoying about her. Yeah, that's... They're eventually going to look at me and go, oh, I know. And I'm going to go, right? 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 (laughs) I'm just going to wink at at my daughter. I'm not not even going to rub it in. That's right. No, you don't rub it in. You don't. You just go, finally, you get it. But, I, I mean, I have a joke in my act now about how my... Daughter and wife will have an argument, and then my daughter will leave the room, and my wife will go, "Can you believe that she did this, and then she did that, and then she did this other thing?" And I go, "Yeah, that's the type of shit I've been trying to talk to you about." You know, you, <laughs> it's exactly, it's, an, it's yeah. not uh, it's not great, but, but that's the reverse of what you were just saying. Because uh, I sometimes my wife is exasperated with our daughter, and I go, "You know, you're doing the thing. You're doing the thing that makes me nuts." But I'm married to you, and I love you, and I. I just have I have to work yes. around it, but this is a child that you you're dealing with now. Yes, and they they don't like the way you what you're doing is not fair. Yeah, and it, and at the center of the marriage, generally everyone everyone's favorite person in the marriage is the wife. Like it, it's a do weird you think thing. so? I, I do. I yeah, I think I think for a time. I, I think the girls, at least in my situation, only because I'm also gone a lot and they've spent a lot of time with her. And my I mean, when you say everyone's that. favorite person, you mean the the children's favorite person. <laughs> I thought you meant like, oh, when people meet you as a couple, they like, even no, if they're no, no, your no, no. friend, I they mean like in the your family. wife more. I mean in the family. Yeah. I mean that the girls yeah. like mom the most and I like mom the most and we all are trying to make mom happy and mom sort of runs the ship. And, you know, you're the fake king with the crown and nobody listens and especially with girls and you're, you know, oh, you're, oh, you're, you're. Yeah, well, right. But that's the that happy, happy wife, happy life. You've heard that one, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. said that to my wife the other day and she goes, well, yeah, but also happy husband, happy life. And I go, well, when... When when exactly are you doing something that you really don't want to do just to get me to cool it? When is that happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a diff, and it's also a different time. You know, there isn't the like, uh, oh God, Dad's coming home. You know what I mean? It's like no. There's, <laughs> but part of that is just, the king of the house thing doesn't really exist anymore. As a as a real thing, because that used to be upheld by the wife, who was like, "Well, he's out. The reason he's not here is because he's out killing the lion or paying the bills, yeah. you know." Right. And so when he comes back, that's why we're nice to him because we're grateful. And now it's like, well, everybody's equal. And even though I'm still the guy who's out paying for everything, when I come home, it's like, well, it's your turn to do all the housework and stuff. And it's like, well, then is it your turn to go pay the mortgage? Because yeah. that's what I would love. Right. right, right. <laughs> Right. Um, no, that, but there, it used there, to be. Yes. It used to be there was like an appreciation for the fact that you were gone because of a reason. Well, and then add to it that you and I do something that's fun. Yeah, well, that's not and my that's the other thing. Like the lion that we go out to kill is pink and like has no claws. Like it's a. It's, it's sometimes it's, it's drunk though. Oh yeah, and it's also brutal. Like I don't like it's a, but it's hard to like. You know what I mean? Like it's a. No, um, I get it. It's a fun job. We have a fun job when it when we work and and when it's and when it's and when it's happening and when it's you know when it's rewarding and and it's but it's also one. It's weird because you've also chosen this thing. It's like, I mean, everyone chooses their job, I guess, but. Show business is like a luxurious job to have. Like if you can be in show business, there's something luxurious about it. Yeah. Well, and also I feel like you, you, I won. 
I feel like I won. But yeah. but it's like don't don't act like I fell off the lucky bus, you know, and yeah. that's how I wound up here. I I the genius move that I made was I dropped out of college and moved to San Francisco to try and go and get on stage in a bar. I mean, the idea that that, that this is now some successful and I'm riding the gravy train and I just don't understand what it's like to struggle or work or, or, you know, it's like, look, I did a crazy, stupid, stupid, crazy thing that just happened to work out for me. And so I, you know, don't get mad at me because I, I was smart enough to drop out of college, you know? Yeah, right. I mean, I did a dumb thing, and I just got lucky. Yeah, no, and, and that is true. It is sort of, like, hard to go, like, you know, I slept in my car, and, and I made zero money, and I, I hung out with crazy fucking headliners, and there were, like, there were many nights where I could have died. Like, there was definitely a a uh, a struggle part of it. And mm-hmm. uh, and it was also you're right. It was a foolish endeavor. It was a fool. It's a fool's errand to see if you're going to go come back with some success, you know, to go out and, yeah. and do it. And uh, and it's also not an easy thing to do. It's a you know, it's a very specific thing. Um, not to over glorify stand up though, too, because I did it mostly to be for fun. I did it for fun, and it worked out that I could earn a living. When I started doing it, I had a different job that I was doing to get money, and so. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that sometimes now you listen to people talk about stand-up on these other podcasts and they're all like, well, we're out there and we're creating and you got to be on stage and you're being real and you're doing this thing. And it's just like I'm, I was just trying to goof off and not have to go to work. Right. Right. I, but we're any, artists. Any excuse to wear an outfit. I mean, I <laughs> – you know, yeah, To bring it around. Bring it – get it sartorial again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you like, can. I, I feel like – I do feel like it's um, – but it is different than if you went to a factory every day or if you had a job that you and your wife could both agree was a shit job and that she knew that the thing you went to do was no fun but yeah. you put out there for the family. When she knows that that Saturday morning you're fucking sound asleep in the Radisson mm-hmm. and she's up early driving the kids to wherever to do whatever yeah. and then there's the thing and then there's the birthday party and then she comes back and she didn't sleep the whole fucking weekend it is sort of, and then you I had to go, a, you know, but the, your second show Saturday night fucking sucked it's and a nobody showed show. up and the, and then yeah. when you got the check, the guy didn't seem happy and you feel like you may not get invited back. So you're both in a struggle that's different. You know what don't I mean? Don't say but, those things to the people who are listening no, now. No, no, no. I don't mean you. I mean yeah, me. That doesn't happen to us. No, no, no. But um, I'm just saying, I am imagining. No, it's try. It's hard to sell that. Like I'm on a hero's journey. You know, I'm out here <laughs> going into the dark cave Right. With some matches and a sharp right. stick. Right, right, right. You what know? movie do you want to see today? <laughs> <laughs> That's after morning radio and my nap. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. But I do have to get up on four hours of sleep and go make the DJ laugh. That's right. That's right. Um, that's right. But so, yeah, the mom is the hero. Mom, that's – I'm trying to circle back because I feel like I dragged you off of that. Yeah. No, that – she sort of – she definitely gets to be the hero of the of the whole thing, which is fine. You know, I don't – I – I don't need that adulation that much at home, but I do. I do uh, sometimes go. Uh, I, I'm also here. <laughs> you know, it's me. Yeah, it's me. Yeah, I think that our time comes later. We get that. We're going to get that appreciation later. Yeah. When our daughters realize that our wives are also people, and that some of the things that they're doing are. You know, not what everybody does, you know, that, oh, you don't have to get treated that way by everybody. And, you know, some of those 
flaws, and then we'll be the we'll be the kind of funny person like, oh, you just put up with all of all of all of us all this whole time. Yeah. I'm hoping that that happens. I'm hoping that at some point my daughter goes, boy, you just really did. You let us do our nonsense for this whole time. And you didn't. I tried not to say anything. I tried (laughs) not to get mad. I tried not to too many times go, yeah, I'm also here. I'm, hey, what about me? Yeah, yeah, I did that. You have to sometimes. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, when are we going to go on the vacation I want to go on? Which I don't even know what it is. But that's my wife. They, she kind of decides. This is, we're going to London, and then I am. I have to get a gig. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, yeah. We, we, the one, our like, our go-to is always the same because my wife has family in Hawaii, and that's where we go. Oh my god! So that's where we go, and I like. I want to go to Hawaii. Yeah. Well, well, my wife's from New Zealand, so that's a good vacation. That's a good too. one too. That's a long one though. Yeah, it is long. But where in Hawaii? Which Oahu, on Oahu. Oahu. Yeah, and then and then Kailua. So it's right over from Honolulu. It's where they shoot all the TV shows. It's it's uh, where they shoot Hawaii Five O, where they shot Lost. It's beautiful. There's no hotels. It's all homes. Oh, really? Where yeah, it's, the, where? A, it's like a country town. It, it, and it's it, how far away is it from the big big town? So it's just over the hill. Oh, so the poly, which is where everyone gets arrested for drunk driving, where all the stars get arrested for drunk driving, is where Honolulu is. So people go party in Honolulu, then come back to Lanikai or Kailua, where they're living, and they get arrested on the poly. Uh-huh. That's the highway, and that's where that's where like uh, you know all the lost people would get in trouble. Did they get in trouble? When they, they did were over get there in trouble. I think Rodriguez got arrested. I think uh, I think a couple of them got I arrested. Was, I really there. enjoyed Lost when I watched it, but I watched it after it was already a thing, and yeah, everybody else. Had, well, that's how I do it. I wait until everybody else. Is I'm just obsessed now with watching really dire, or not. I guess well, not dire. What's the word? Um, I've been watching the British detective series that are all super dark. Oh, well, they don't like, uh, like Broadchurch. English people. I haven't watched Broadchurch. Oh, but. my God. Do yourself a favor and then not be able to stop. Like, take the iPad into the bathroom with you because you can't stop. Really? I, we tried to watch one, and I can't even remember what, Wire in the Blood or something like that. Was that it? I don't know. What, we tried to watch one, but the murders were just so grisly. Grisly, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the things that they actually would show you in the show well, that they don't show you here in the States. Broadchurch is good because it's – and when I say good, there's a caveat. There's a murder at the beginning, and then uh-huh. that's it. it. You're just solving the one murder. It is of a child. But you're the, you're solving the same murder the entire time for the whole season or the for whole the entire season and oh my god it just it fucking un, it just turns and it turns and it turns and it turns and it turns and it's David Tennant who I guess was one of the Doctor Who's yes oh fuck is he good and then the other one that I liked because I, I love Doctor David Doctor Who you we're watching that with our daughter Doctor Who is great I haven't started yet we I, we've heard we should watch it with start our with the start with the 2005 reboot and bring it up it's great it's great the kid the kids love it and it's very sweet Doctor Who is a very sweet kind of kindness like he won't he doesn't like guns or violence he talks his way out of everything and uh, it's 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 pretty fun. Uh, I'm gonna check it out. I you know I was on that like waiting for Sherlock, waiting for Downton Abbey. Mm-hmm. I just needed a, an Englishman hit. I, and, and so you went for Broadchurch. Broadchurch, and then the Fall, which is the thing. It's Irish, and it's it's with the uh, Gillian Anderson. 
and she gets brought in to solve to look for this serial killer. Gillian Anderson, X Files. Yes, and she plays an Irishman, Irish woman, and she's fucking great, and it's very sexy and very bloody. And then the guy who's the killer, the guy who's the serial killer, is the dude that's in Fifty Shades. I had zero interest in seeing Fifty Shades of Grey, and I was like, I don't even know who this guy is. Who cares? Who gives a shit? Now I'm like, oh, okay. I well, that's the thing with the British shows is it's like it's a small pool of really good actors. And Fuck. so you see them in all the other things. That's why David Tennant is Doctor Who, and then he's also in, in this uh, Broadchurch. It's unbelievable. Like, I, I don't even understand why we can't. They tried to. They and tried. their writing is also, but their writing is also very, you know, they don't underestimate their audience and but but it's not like you got to be some kind of sophisticated college graduate and understand it but i feel like in america they're so worried that the moron won't understand the show that all the shows are so it's like yeah i get it can we go on to the next scene now it it's you know i think it was i think it was uh um i heard uh uh richard linklater was on i think it was marin and he was talking about how much exposition that American studios and American TV shows need. It's the, goes, it's the executives goes, that, that goes, make it, and, it and happen. It unlikable. He goes, all you have to do is spend 15 minutes with somebody at the beginning of a movie. Take Taxi Driver. He's a vet. He's kind of a mess. He's got a job. You kind of like him. And then halfway through it, you realize he's a fucking sociopath with some, with some fascist tendencies who wants to kill the president. But you're with him. Too late. You're, it's too late, but you're with him because you've that guy's my you've friend. spent time with yeah. him, right? And he goes, and that's a that's like, and you've built a character already in your head. You've made some decisions about him, and you didn't have to but worry the, about unlikability. But that's the problem. I I, th- I feel like with American shows, it's and it's not really the show's fault or the creative people's fault. It's there, there's a lot of executives who've read a book about writing a screenplay or read a book about storytelling or some kind of critics analysis of how stories work and so then when they read the script of the thing instead of reading it and going wow i read that and i got sucked in and i like this guy even though he's unlikable they're like no characters have to be likable so i don't see how you're making this guy likable they they they're they're reading it from this disjointed point of view of i'm analyzing the thing when I should just be watching and reading the thing and imagining it, I'm analyzing it to see if it if it fits my criteria of what is good. Right, because as human beings, generally, when we're watching anything, we want to create empathy because we want to go with it. You yeah, know, you like want to go. It's, it's, you want to find like it, who who am I pretending to be? It's that's that's why I don't like lesbian porn. It, <laughs> See, and that's I'm the opposite with that. The, the, <laughs> you're, you're pretending you're a lady half the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get it. Yeah, I, you know. So that's so funny because um, uh, that wouldn't be normally in your act, but that should be in your act. <laughs> I think that probably wouldn't be in your act, but that should be. Yeah. If you do a late night show at Montreal, that should be in your act. I do want to do the dirty show. My aspiration one day is to work up the dirty set. Because I feel like I have as dirty of thoughts as those guys. Absolutely. But that wasn't even that dirty of a thing. No, but But anyway. But it's it's actually a good film joke. But but that's why why I like watching these British shows also. We've we've been on a jag with that. Because, well, my wife is New Zealand and they're pretty, you know, they come from England, a lot of the people who settled in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And so, and they, the BBC, they get those shows more than they get American shows over. 
over there. And so it's natural for her to be interested in that stuff. And then the more stuff I watch, I'm like, boy, this is really great. And then, then at first you watch and the accents are like, oh, everybody's different than me. But after you watch a couple of episodes, you you don't even notice the accents no, it's, anymore. Yeah, it's just like listening to somebody's lyrics. Like after a while, you start to be able to hear their voice. And 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 um, there's one that my mother-in-law watches uh, called Doc Martin, and it it's just a guy who's a doctor who is afraid of blood, and he is Aspergery and a dick. Couldn't well, be a bigger dick, and he's ugly. Isn't that that's House, right? It, but but no, but this guy is quiet. I've never seen an episode of House. This is I've only, this is, I've this only, is, I've only read people's descriptions. It's, it's like House, but it's it's better. It's not, uh, and it's not a procedural. Mm-hmm. It's about a small town. Most of these things are small town. Most of these things involve a big cast of people that you see mm-hmm. a lot. And again, it's just an unlikable character in the center of this thing who everyone's sort of trying to. And walk what's around. that one? Uh, Doc Martin. Doc Martin. Yeah, yeah. David Tennant's very unlikable in Broadchurch. Really? Yeah, he's really unlikable. He's and then so likable so in Doctor Who. good. It just it unfolds, and it's one of those ones that you end up like wiping tears away. There's this, there's a couple moments where you're like, oh god. Like, but it I starts with the you. murder of a kid. That's a tough sell for me. And the, me and the wife, we got a hard time when you murder a child. It's yes, yes. I I completely agree. And normally I'm the same way, but I just like it. it I I don't know the the way they do it, man. The way they do mm-hmm. it is so. Um, it's just such good television. It's a bold move. And then the thing with Gillian Anderson, she's completely a jerk. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, they just, they have, they well, they love it. a, they love a flawed, they love a flawed. Yeah, the Downton uh, Abbey people are like, they, they fuck with their good, you know, at the beginning of Downton Abbey, the guy who's the, you know, the main patriarch of the whole thing seems like the world's greatest guy. And Lord Grantham. Yeah. And then as time goes on, he turns into this sort of old fascist. Like he's, but, he's, but I kind of feel like that's not a real character i feel like they had him one way and then they go you know these stories aren't as good as if he's if he's just good all the time and and i felt that was my problem with downton abbey as as it got into the fourth season it's like these people aren't what they started off to be they've been written to be different than they are because that makes them more effective in this story that they want to tell this particular week but you don't think time's changed around them and that the time is sort of like put them i mean you know they're starting to thin out the house a little bit. They don't really need as many people working there anymore. I kind of bailed. The... I, t- I didn't watch the oh, last season. They fucking season. brought the radio in because the king was going to speak. So they brought a radio in. Nobody wanted the radio. He didn't want the radio in the house because they thought it was lower class. Well, I wanted them to spend more time on Downton Abbey in the... You know, they just jumped so far forward in history after the you know, the first. Yeah, that's my dad calling. Season. So you, can, do you, you, do you need to. No, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I love him, but I can call him back later. We're working okay. together next week at the dog show for a week. So I'll you're working with time. your dad. Yeah. See, he's not a comedian. No, my father, my father runs the Golden Gate Kennel Club dog show out at the Cow Palace in San Francisco. Oh, I can't, I think I did. Yeah, know we've that. talked about that before. And I, and I think, I think we have, or I've talked about it on and the what do you podcast. Do? Well, on I, that. I drive my dad to the goal. I basically, my father's the president of the, of the, of the Golden Gate Kennel Club. And I drive him out to the Cow Palace. And I, in the old days, I used to set up the benches, which is benching for 3,000 dogs. It takes its fucking grunt work really hard. But now that I'm older, my dad and I just walk around and supervise that. And we make sure the thing gets set up. And then I do the announcing. My father used to be the announcer. Mm-hmm. And now I do the announcing. And I also announced the doggy fashion show, which is the worst moment of my, of my whole do- year. It's dogs wearing clothes. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Sounds and then we good. give away a prize. It's the worst moment of my of my career. It's is it a, it's funny because I don't really think of that as show business until right now. I always thought of that as this is a sophisticated. They always make those dog shows look sophisticated well, when you they show them know, on TV. Here, here's what's so interesting about it. So in the old days, it was it's been around. It's been around forever. My grandmother started it, and she. Uh, my grandmother was the shit, and she started it, and. Uh, and in the old days, they would, it was a two-day bench dog show, which means that the dogs have to stay there at the cow palace so that that's actually part of the attraction. They judge the dogs in the main part of the cow palace, which is a big old hockey arena, right? Uh-huh. And then downstairs and out in the wings, they have them benched so you can go look at them. And that's so they just, sit, they sit they just sit next there to their box on benches and people can walk around and they go, here's all the Alaskan Malamutes and here's all the Golden Retrievers and here's all the... So it's a row of Alaskan Malamutes yes. all next to yeah. each other with their the owners standing there. And you can actually there. talk about getting dogs. You can't buy one there, but you can get a card and buy a dog somewhere else. And mm-hmm. it was sort of like, you know, to promote the breeds, which, you yeah. know, now, now there's all this controversy about whether breeds, having breeds are any good and whatever, blah, blah, blah. There's too many dogs, I feel, in my opinion. Well, then they keep making them and then they, you know, they keep making new breeds and whatever. It's it's controversial. I kind of stay out of it. It's not my, I didn't, I I'm didn't, out of it I didn't, too. I didn't, I I didn't invent it. I do feel like there are too many dogs though. But we I mean, have obviously. two golden retrievers and I fucking love them. They're the greatest. Yeah. They are the greatest. And are they smart? It's the Irish setters that are supposed to be dumb. Right? Yeah, they're, I mean, you know, the the, the 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 dude falls in the pool a lot, but he's a good guy. He's massive. He's falls massive. Yeah, he falls in the pool. He bangs him. He, he runs into things and slips and falls in the pool. <laughs> and he huge. can get out. So it's not yeah, a he can get out. And and he just do. likes going in the pool. Yeah, they're just goofy. They're just really goofy. Mm-hmm. And they're the nice. They fucking just love you. They will, they will love you to the they Like... They will love you until it hurts. Like, they're just very... That is what I think is uh, people love about dogs, is how much the dogs love you. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I don't... But my problem is it's not reciprocated. I don't... I don't... I can't be that about a dog. I, I've i turned. I, I was like that growing up. I was like... I was around too many dogs. I'm like, I don't have this for you right now. I need to find this for me. But now I've got plenty of love for me. So now I, I love the shit out of those dogs. I run them every afternoon. Like I... So the, that's my problem. Yeah. Because I'm not getting enough love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to love yourself enough to have dogs. Is it me loving me? Yeah. So I can solve you, this myself? Yeah, this is you not a thing you, i got to ask my wife to do? No, no, no. Once you love you, then, then you have love for everybody else and you don't have to worry about it. Um... But anyway, so I go up there and I spend the week with him, and we uh, and we and I and then I announce the dog fashion show. But in the old days, <clears throat> on the second day, they would have they would pull all the rings out, and they would have, and this is in the old old days, Rin Tin Tin would come, and the, literally the cow palace would be filled like it would be if the Rolling Stones were there, and the, or they'd he bring would Lassie run around and out. do a trick, or just yeah, they just there. bring him out in the middle of the ring, and the people and they would have him do yeah, do a trick, and the crowds would go crazy. They'd have show business dogs uh-huh. come out, and Benji, and then they used to have the San Francisco police dogs would come out. What would happen is a guy would run out into the middle of the ring and fire a gun, and then the police car would come in, and then the German Shepherd would come out and take the guy down. I mean, wow, who organized all that? My dad, my grandma. Wow, that sounds awesome. It was real show businessy. And people used to love it. And then it just started to die out. You know, it just became a thing that wasn't that, you know, it, it does okay, but it's just not the same thing anymore. People aren't as crazy about, like, well, we got to go to the dog show. No, it, I mean, in some places they are back east. The Westminster thing's still huge. And- yeah, yeah, but that's a, sort of what you're talking about is more of like a, a West western old western feeling kind of cowboy rodeo show yeah and well that, that was West, that part of it but and that then, westminster dog show is more like tweedy english people 
Right. I mean, we still do the, you know, then they put the rings back up. We mm-hmm. do the same thing, same judging. It's the same, yeah, yeah. same exact That's criteria. Same. Mm-hmm. But yes, it's just a different, California is just a different place. It's just a different mindset. What and, do people want now? If it's not a dog show. <laughs> I don't know what they want. I don't fucking know. I have zero idea. I don't either. Taylor don't either. Swift? Huh? Taylor Swift? I think that's I what guess so. Want. I you know, they made such a hubbub about her new album, which is now available at Starbucks. I mean, I, I thought, well, how am I ever gonna get this thing? And it's like, well, no, they'll just hand it to you. I had a conversation about her today with my daughter who is um uh is uh, twelve. Mm-hmm. Just about to be thirteen. And because both my daughters dance very, very seriously, they dance like five hours a day. They're both they're, mm-hmm. they both belong to a company, and they really are very serious. But they hear tons of music. They listen to lots of music, so they they it's their life. So comedy is their thing. That's what they're really into. Both of them would much rather watch. They would both much rather go watch Brooklyn Nine Nine or Saturday Night Live or Portlandia or they want like to watch that's, comedy. That's, that's what they all. That's all they want to do. Mm-hmm. That's all they want to do. And my older daughter has now become obsessed with Sherlock. So I said, well, Taylor Swift, what do you think? And she goes, you know, it does this. You know, it's okay. No, it doesn't. You know, the lyrics are kind of dumb. I don't. It doesn't. She goes, I'm not against it. But anyway, but it, I don't get the. Well, the I, mass I, popular I, stuff. It's weird when something mass popular actually turns out to be, well, oh, this is actually good. Yeah, I just. Because sometimes I, it's sometimes it's like, yeah, it's okay. I heard it's okay. A, I heard a podcast with Duff McKagan of. Uh, of uh, Guns N' Roses, who, by the way, if you ever can listen to him on a podcast or read his biography, what a fucking gem of a guy. What a really? smart guy. Smart guy. What a sweet guy. I'm reading his biography right now. It reads like you literally, it's like it's as close as you'll ever get to being in Guns N' Roses. It's honest and it's self-effacing and it's and it's really brutally like this is what happened. And, and then and then when he's starting to get really get fucked up, he writes it like in patches of of consciousness and then it oh it's fucking great is he and he was he got mixed up with the drugs and whatnot he wouldn't didn't do the heroin because because he was from seattle and he was a punk and he watched everybody die on heroin but he drank his pancreas till it exploded and got third degree burns on his insides and what? he also and he also doesn't oh, uh-huh. he, 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 when your pancreas burns the the acid inside your body burns your other organs because there's no place to go and how does your pancreas it, blo- it explodes from it, drinking yeah it swells really? up with all the sugar. I don't know. I get yeah. He explains it, but I don't. I oh my to, god. Yeah, yeah I don't want to know about that. But anyway, he's a very, very. He's a Everybody, really. His story is incredible. Then he went to. Then he got sober, and he wanted to go to business school. And he figured he was rich enough to buy himself into business school. And they were like, "No, you got to go back to get your go back to junior college." So he went to Santa Monica Junior College. Then he went to business school up in Seattle. Got a business degree. He's just a smart, really interesting guy. And what's he do with his funny. business degree? Fucking business. He well, no, he knows how to run a band. He knows what to do with all the goddamn money he still has from Guns and Roses. Mm. He knows how to shelter. You know, he just knows how to. He knows finance. He knows yeah, yeah. how to yeah. be. He knows how to help other guys. He told. I heard a great story from one of the guys that played in Velvet Revolver. He, the guy, was the only guy that wasn't famous in Velvet Revolver. Dave Kushner, and he got. They gave him a million dollars when he joined the band, and he said, "What do I do with the money?" And he said, "I got two uh, two things. Number one, buy something. Buy something solid that's going to not appreciate. You know, get a house, buy a home, mm-hmm. put your money into a house, and don't do anything the drummer does. Don't do anything <laughs> Matt Sorum does." And the guy goes, "I shit you not." The next day, Matt Sorum came to practice with matching motorcycles. How they got there, I don't know. And I was like, holy fuck, Duff was absolutely right. Matching motorcycles. Matching motorcycles. He had t- like twin, you can't he had ride two, two but they no, were but both he had there. Two. Yeah, he had twin motorcycles. He got two of the same motorcycle. <laughs> so don't do anything. Don't, they, don't do anything Matt does. Do whatever yeah. Matt does, don't do that. 
matching motorcycles. Mm-hmm. It, that's I mean, that's what I'm talking about. They're not cufflinks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sound advice, though. Buy buy something. Yeah, yeah. Buy something. Buy something. Don't spend it. Don't spend it. But he's a very interesting dude. He's a very interesting dude. I'm not sure how we got on the definition. I'm not thing. sure either, but it started with murder. <laughs> it started with murder. <laughs> English people shows. murdering each other and then dog shows. And what do people want? Popular music. Oh, yeah, was, we were talking about, oh he, said, he said in an interview that he took his daughter to see Taylor Swift, and he was actually surprised at how good it was. But he also felt that there were tracks being played when he saw her. No, that she wasn't performing everything herself. Not everything was being played. Mm-hmm. He wasn't sure about the backing vocals or whatnot. He was like, I'm not positive it was all real. It's hard for me to know when I hear those things if that's – is that – it's not that that's not okay, right? I mean, because people are playing with drum machine type stuff all the time. I mean, a lot of music that's on the record is made with the machine playing right. well, I also wonder, along like, with you, right? If you're playing in a – if you're singing in a room the size of Largo, say, you know, you don't need a – you don't need tracks, but if you're playing at Staples, I don't know that you don't need something to thicken it up. I don't know how that works. <clears throat> I don't know that there isn't a reason to have more to fill the space or. Yeah, I and I. But my point was kind of like, look, if you like it, you, it doesn't matter. But if you, if you don't like it now, you don't need. I, I don't feel like, look, I don't need to, an explanation of why it's not good. I just need to know if you like it or not. Yeah, right. That's you know? true. That's true. I don't. I. I, I don't. Um, I mean, it doesn't do much for me. The Taylor Swift. Um, yeah, I haven't listened to enough of it to. Yeah. To know to. I need to. I do. I need to. I don't think I have time. I don't have time for that. I don't think I want to make the time. But it, that is that is an example of something that people want. But I don't know if they want that because they like it or they want it because everyone wants it. I feel like some some of the pop culture stuff. It, finally, it just gets to be big enough that people are like people like me are saying, "Look, well, I need to listen to that because everybody <laughs> likes it." Everyone's you know how much it. of how many albums she sold are people who go like, "Fuck, I better if I don't if I don't listen to this, I won't be able to talk about it when we all have to talk about it." Well, I mean, there's always some Something about cultural relevance. I mean, that's true with anything. You know Ex- what I mean? Except I keep hearing that that's not the case. So this is the rare time where you get the giant, everybody knows about a thing. But mostly we're all in our little subculture cult, you know, following world of I'm into the tiny thing that I'm into. Right. Except right. that now they try and turn that into a mass thing, like as if Walking Dead is some kind of cult following show. It's like, yeah. True, it's not for everyone. My mom is not watching Walking Dead, but I guarantee you she knows. Well, I can't guarantee that she knows about Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure she does. Yeah, when you ask your mom to get a yeah. So when you tell your mom about a, a podcast, what does she say? <laughs> yeah, the, I'm not an astronaut. I'm not an astronaut. She can't, can't get a figure podcast. that out. Well, she right, can't. she can't. She's not going to get that. Yeah, no. I try. She did. She refers to it as my app. On her iPad. She has an iPad, and my sister subscribed her. So she has the podcast app, but evidently, the it, it show, when she turns it on, my podcast is the only thing in there. So she thinks that that's my app okay. on her <laughs> right. iPad. And even that's complicated? If, if she wasn't automatically subscribed, I think she can refresh and get new episodes, yeah. or but she doesn't know that that's what she's doing. Yeah. You know? She knows. I think there's a there's a there's a willfulness to not get it. 
Uh, well, I think that this is a sign of aging. When you start saying to people, I don't need to do that. That's stupid. Why do I need to email? Why? You know, these are old things that already happened examples. But, yes. you know, my wife was like, I don't need to text message. This this was like, you, you don't need to text message. I just call people on the phone. Who needs to text message? And then... I got her a phone with a little keypad, and she was like, you know, I need an iPhone because this keypad is too small. And then once she got the iPhone, and she all she wanted to do on the iPhone was text message people. But once she started doing it, it's like she can't believe she didn't do it. But the other day she's complaining to me, not the other day, but six months ago she's complaining, when I'm at school at UCLA, it's a bummer because I can't get on the Internet and check my email with my laptop sometimes, and I need to check my email. I said, well, you know, I could set you up so your phone does checks your email she goes i don't need to do that and i go but it will make it easier and she goes stop trying to make me do something i told you i don't need to check my phone my email on my phone and i said well you're complaining about a thing that you're not able to do and i'm telling you a solution to it And she goes you don't i don't want you to and then then <laughs> six months later six months later she's like i need you to show me how to check my email on my phone and she can't believe, like, and it just syncs up. So when I check it on the computer, the ones that I've looked at on the phone are marked as I've already looked at them. And if I delete them, they're deleted. I said, yeah, they are. It's a miracle. But this is the thing that you fought me like I was some kind of asshole trying to ruin your life. <laughs> and and that's what you want to watch out for as you get older because we all have – there's some moment in our day where, where we're like, fuck Twitter. I don't want to. Why would anyone do Twitter? Well, you, you, you got to do it. Yeah, I'm not that Twitter's a bad example because I do feel a little bit like we were talking earlier that Twitter's maybe not as you got to find the one of those things or two that you, can you do Facebook? Can do you, you do Twitter? How, can you do, do you Instagram? Like, do you remember like when the West Wing was on TV and like I remember there was a thing where like they're all blogging about it. People are blogging about it. Everyone's blogging mm -hmm. about it. When yeah. blogs seem to be the thing that everyone yeah. was talking about. I feel like Twitter has having that moment where it feels like it's the touchstone of cultural relevance. And if it's being said on Twitter and now everyone's Twittering about it, I mean, it's, it's just an outlet. It's just an outlet like a bathroom wall is an outlet. It's just a place where people go to write stuff. Some of the people are relevant. Some of the people are real relevant. It really is. It matters on what your feed is and what's in your feed. And then it gets aggregated and then it gets talked about by CNN and or whoever, you know, is aggregating it. Well, but it's just a source. I went to when I was in New York and we almost had lunch and I. I Instagram that picture of the meeting of my agent's office where I was the only one there. Yeah. We were in the giant <laughs> conference room. <laughs> That's right, and then, yeah. she, then the person came in, and she was really terrific. And she was the, the kind of social media advisor for this big agency. And it was for once they hired someone who actually knew what she was doing. She helped me coordinate and kind of make my Twitter and my Facebook look similar and, and how to get my regular follow. But, but her one of her suggestions was a thing that a lot of people do is the live tweet – a popular show. And she had some example of a show that I, you know, like The Bachelor. And I was like, well, first of all, then I'm now, now, now it's like I'm a morning DJ because I got to watch a TV show that I don't like that I think everybody else is liking so that I can talk about it. And not only do I have to watch it, I have to watch it when it's on. I have to live tweet it while it's on TV in the actual moment. That's not how I even watch TV. I, first of all, I don't watch that show. Second of all, that's not how I watch TV. I watch TV after the fact or, or I wait for it to be on. I'm, I, can't, I can't do the thing that you're telling me that I have to do. So now am I an old guy or am I ahead of the curve because I'm not watching TV at the same time? That's what I can't figure <laughs> out. Um, because I know that 20-year-olds don't even have TVs, right? Who get? Why would you get a TV? You can watch everything on your phone when you want to, on demand or I, on, on Netflix or on instant whatever. I've only ever 
naturally falling into live, live tweeting. I didn't really kind of – before I realized I was kind of doing it, like during the debates. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if I – I maybe like one award show I did it. But that only is good if that's – your milieu, you ha- and you have to want to watch the thing that you're live tweeting. Well, you're it's like I can't. Critic, I'm not going to watch it. You know, if you're a social critic or someone in the circle or somebody who likes to like watching Dave Anthony do the Oscars would be hilarious because Dave's fucking just insane and he's going to say some shit that's fucking crazy. And <clears throat> I wish I be... was bothered by as many things as Dave is bothered by. Yes, because then yes, because then you've got something right. I don't have that much need to be on Twitter. I like the people that follow me. Most of them are lovely. And um, I rarely get any flack on there. I rarely I rarely cause an argument. Do you get in arguments? No. Mm-hmm. And I don't retweet very much. Uh, I mean, I don't get that many retweets, and I rarely write something hilarious. Uh, I mean, I try to like throw something out there, and like I'll get seventeen retweets, but it's like, it's not my, it's not my, it's not where I do my dance. It's where, where I do you do your to, dance now? Uh, it, fucking on live. Yeah, in the show, in the nightclub. Yeah, in the I know. Well, that's, that's what I want to do. Thing. That's what I want to do. Come I out did, to I this. just did Philly. It was the first stand-up I've done, first live stand-up I've done in six months of an hour. Where'd you go? Uh, helium. And I did, um, I sold the most tickets I've ever sold. Well, that's great. And it was fantastic. And I was like, this is what I do. And, and you know, I'm doing the I Am the King Sweater show, which is about my two years in Japan playing music. I didn't and, know you uh, played music in Japan for two years. What happened? I mean, I uh, I play. I I think it happened recently. I, I, no, 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 in the eighties. Okay. And I, so I thought, well, I'll write this show about it, and I'll do that because I want to play music at the same time. Yeah, I yeah. Be able to do stand up. <clears throat> but that's what I want to do. I'm a performer. That's what I want to do. If that's I'm what I want to do too. I want to do live. I want to yeah. do live and I want shows. You to come see me live. And I don't want you to like. The, Twitter is not the experience. I feel like the Twitter and the podcast. This is so that people who aren't at the live show right now or won't be. I'm not going to see them till next time. Yeah. Then they can. This is how we are having. This is kind of getting us through that time. Yeah. Between when we were together. Yes. And I found that when when I had when we were doing walking in the room. I wasn't going to any of the places any of the people were listening to. And so I was just upsetting them because I only go to the same seven places. And uh-huh. I never go to a lot of the places except for Australia, you know. So You did go to Australia and you had a good time down there. Yeah, right? and I'm going back. I'm going to go back and do I Am the King Sweater there. It's actually not called I Am the King Sweater there. It's called Bonsai Washout. Um, but, uh, well, I love that it's got a different name. It's the same thing with a different name. Overseas. Overseas like, you can't it's a call it yeah, King Sweater because we already have a King Sweater here. <laughs> That's right. Overseas, we had to change the name. We dusted it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, um, but, I, I, uh, but even then, I felt like I've, maybe I'm spreading myself too thin. Maybe I just need to be in theaters and if people miss me, they'll come see me here and they'll tell people to go see me there. I don't know. But I also found that like – Something weird happened last weekend. So when I was doing the shows in Philadelphia, for in, <clears throat> for no reason, the kid that was opening the show, he had a joke. It was pretty funny. And he would ask the age of the audience. And he would say, how many people are between 18 and – or how many people are under 18? Uh-huh. How many people are between 18 and 35? So he got the demographic of the room every night. And every night, 18 to 35 were fucking huge. And I was like, how am I getting that demographic? That was the bulk of the Yeah, that's a weird – That's well, those are the people who go out more than other people. But they're coming to see me. And I was like, well, that's a good thing. And they're not – It's definitely a good thing. How many people here are on Twitter? And I was like, not that much. Was it podcasts? 
No. Was, I was like, how many Walk in the Room fans? Huh? And I'm like, maybe they heard me on the radio. Or what was it? Like you comedy. didn't find out? Did you get to the bottom of it? No. I never yeah. got to the bottom of it. I'd love to get to the bottom. I would love to do the thing that the people who are enjoying my show like to listen to when they're not at my show because then I could be in touch I with I mean, them. I think part of it might have been I didn't say how many people enjoyed my stand-up specials when you were babies. <laughs> you were, be yeah, right. Did you watch that? Yeah. When you were in your crib? Were babies, but I think that uh-huh. is a lot of it. I think could because be. I was, mm-hmm. I'm an old Comedy Central you know, guy. So. Right. You know, maybe that was it, uncool or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. I have. I mean, every kid that opens for me now is like, I remember when I was nine and I saw. Oh my god! But that's fine. Yeah, it's weird when you're when they want to talk about that. Yeah, like when I was that age. Yeah. Because you, I, when I'm hanging out in the back in the green room with the young comics, I like to think of us as we're all kind of we're the same. Yeah. We're not not. I mean, it's obvious that we're not the same age, but I don't. When you're talk, I was hanging out with the first time I worked with Tommy Jodigan. He's telling all these stories about his crazy mom, you know, and all the crazy stuff that she's doing. And then I'm, you know, I got a crazy mom, blah blah blah. And then I, at one point, I just go, "How old's your mom?" And she's like a year younger than me. Yes. His mom. Yes. His mom. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, oh, right. Yeah, we're not the same. Age. Somebody else just told me that some other story about their parents, and they're like, my dad's 48, my mom's 37. And I'm like, fuck, I'm 52. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, there's no doubt about it. We're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the other thing I also started talking about is on stage, I've been talking about on stage, is like the great thing, you know, the one thing about being at this age is like being old. Your defenses are down to the point where you just don't really kind of give a shit anymore. It's like having a hangover every day, except you didn't have anything to drink. That's that's a joke that I have in my act where I quit drinking because I thought I had a drinking problem because I kept waking up with a hangover. And then I realized that's just how I feel when I wake up. That's so funny. Every day I yeah. feel like I have a hangover. And no. I'm, I'm, I really want to accept the whole, like, I don't give a fuck. Because that was my favorite thing about people in their 70s when I was in my 30s. And I'm not that I'm in my 70s. But why can't I just jump to, like, I don't really care. I don't care what you, you know, hate about what I'm doing. Just stop watching me do it well, if that, you don't like it. I, That's where I have gotten because I – and I also don't care – about what is relevant to anybody. Like, I don't care. Like, for instance, I'm working on a show right now. I'm writing a show about a woman's rugby team, a college woman's rugby team. But I'm writing it with a 25-year-old, 27-year-old woman. You're doing a lot of things. You're writing a book with your wife. You're writing a well, college I mean, rugby team. I'm trying to fucking keep the no, I hear you. To keep college my, rugby team. I'm trying to keep is my house. A, is this a paid gig, college rugby team? No, it's book? a it's, it's no, it's a, it's a pitch. It's a mm-hmm. it's an idea that I had that I want to direct or I want to mm-hmm. be able to, I want to be a part of. But I but this but I met this girl. Amir and I were teaching a class when we took like a like a kind of a learning annex thing about how to write a somebody said, Do you want to teach you a class on how to write a self help book? And we said only if it can be really funny and not taken real seriously. And it was a great fucking class. It was super fun. And one of the girls that came to the class works on Conan as a segment producer. Mm-hmm. So I stayed in touch with her. And I was working on this show idea. And I asked Amir if she wanted to work on it with me. And she's like, I've just got too much stuff. Let's just work on our book. And I said, well, do you mind if I ask this girl from that came to our class? She's like, no, I don't care. So she's tw- And she's 20-something years old. Mm-hmm. This is how it starts. And I said, And I said... Fuck, that guy has me covered. All I have to do is worry about the big shit and the life stories and worry about, like, people's motivations. And, and, and I also understand the game of rugby. And I also understand, like, what it's like to go to college. And, and I, mm-hmm. it's my rugby story from my college and high oh, school Oh, you played life. rugby. Right. But 
she can add all the fucking rest of the real shit that women go through at this age. Yeah, and yeah, it's a good, it's a perfect it. combo. And and that's the thing. I'm like, and then I don't have to be, I don't have to be out of touch, and I can fucking just let that stuff kind of go, you know, and bring what you bring, and bring what I and, play yeah. your position, right. And 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 also and that's the same thing sometimes with my stand up where I'm like, look, this is just what I talk about. You dig it, you dig it. You don't, well, you don't. I definitely feel like that with stand up, but I, I, what I'm trying to apply what you're saying to is this whole other the social media thing and the like. What are the rooms that I want to do and how should I do? You know, that's like, what, what do you, what, where do I go in town to get the kind of attention that's going to cause the thing? It's like I don't want to worry about that. I want to just go out and have fun. I want to go and do Don Marrera's show at the Laugh Factory. I want to go down to Hermosa Beach and do the Ten Comics shows. I want to. I just want to. I'm. I'm done trying to get someone to give me something. Right. You know. Right. Right. I said that the other day because I, I, uh, I had a conversation with my manager and I was like, the the manage the people that manage me. Have become have a lot of big people now and they produce a lot of television. They do John Oliver show and other things. Mm-hmm. And my manager is the head of the company, and he's a fucking nice guy. But I was like, David, you don't have time for me for certain aspects of my career, so let's split it up. I want one of the young guys to run part of my career. I want someone else to take care of stand-up and bookings and festivals and all that stuff because you don't do it, and you can't. And it's just I know you want to feel like you have me covered, but you don't. When I have a TV show, when I need to go be in a room, You'll do that. If something big comes down the pike, other than that, I want Jake. I want to be Jake, be my day-to-day. I want him to help me with my Mm -hmm. flights. I want him to help me with all my posters and shit. I want to do that. And then I said to Jake, just put me in anything. Anytime anyone has a place I can go do stand-up, I don't care what the fuck it is. I don't care who it is. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what the appearances are. I'll work any room, any time, just doing five-minute set. And instead of like trying to get a five-minute set. Just doing a five-minute set in town, you mean? And I'm not, I'm not going to try and do a set for Conan. Why don't I do sets and then maybe I'll have a set and then we could take it on Conan. So Let's you're going to do backwards. a bunch of – you're going to do – oh, so you're going to do any set in town that he can get you. Anything that's just fine. Just fun. I'm just going to have fun. It's hey, not it is have fun. a reason. It I, is fun. I, 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 was, I was going out and doing sets so that I could get a set on Conan or like try and get five minutes. Like I was like, I'm not doing this the right way. Why don't I go out there with no stakes and just go up and see if I can – See if I can do well in the laugh. I've never ever played the comedy store. Maybe I should do a set there. I've done that a few times. It's fun. Yeah, a lot of guys go up over there. You know, I've yeah. been doing this for. I'm a veteran of this thing. I should be out taking advantage mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing that the thing that can be weird in some of those in town gigs like that is that uh, it's they've got their own. Um, uh, click of people like, oh, hey, who are you? You're coming in and taking a spot from one of our regular guys. It's like, just I'm just coming. I'm just going to be here this one time. I but won't, you know I'm not the gonna thing be... that I realize is, you know who helps comics? Other comics. Absolutely. And That's the only, the only people can, who... And the only way they can help each other is if they know you're around. And if I'm pretending that I... If I'm too married and too... At home, and my wife's not the one keeping me home. I am. No, I'm, I'm, and I'm the same way. But I, but that too married is is the thing. It's like, look, I, it's now it's seven o'clock at night, and I'm, I, I don't do I should I get in the car and drive and go do a set, or or should I watch a movie with my with my wife? I don't know. That's, and I want to watch I, a movie with my wife, but then there's a part of me that's like, you're going out. So you're going out, and you are doing it. It is your work time. This is your work time. Go out, go out. And once I finally am out of the house, I'm fine. I always have a good time once I'm once I'm going to do the set. Do you go to the improv and stuff ever? No, I mean I have. I did a gig there. I did a gig there right after Thanksgiving, but that was a regular show. I was the headliner, and I did it, and that was fun. But to go out, I don't do many sets around in town. But I want to start doing that more because it's always fun. And it's fun to hang out and see other people. 
Right. And have some sense of what's going on. And then somebody sees you like it just it's it's never a bad thing. And I think I sort of like I think and yet I don't have to go to some crazy kids open mic in a theater someplace where it's all a bunch of young people and go. I've already done this. I've done, I don't need to do this. I don't need to do the like weird, yeah the weird like it's in the back of the that. thing. There's a lot of people talking and no one pay. Yeah, the, yeah. I don't need to do that. That's the well. The first time I did the nerd melt, I was like, "Are we pretending that comedy is illegal?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't have to. You know, there's whole bars where you can get food, and the waitress comes over and brings you a drink. I mean, it's not that different from from what you're doing here. But this is yeah. I mean, it's really fun. But they've created this kind of mythology about it that's uh, that that's like what 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 why why are we doing this here this right. is popular now we can go to a bigger place <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it's that thing of like every generation has their little secret club where they go do stand up yeah. you know like yeah right and we had that the holy and, city yeah, zoo yeah, yeah. in san francisco <laughs> right little tiny yeah the zoo yeah. exactly the yeah. zoo is no different than yeah. the early largo there's no different than the you know than beth's mm-hmm. uncabaret you know like all those different places mm-hmm. where the little secret place where you're like well they have a club for this yeah but but um and you know meltdown's a show it's a totally a show. Uh, I mean, it's a TV show. Yeah, it's a TV show. But and it is a that was a bad example. But it's just it's, it's in that weird. It's in the back of a yes. comic bookstore. Yes. It's, it's hot. Yeah, it's, when it's full, it's hot. Yeah. yeah, temperature hot. Yeah, yeah, and it's good. And then that'll be. The, but it, but for a little while it was the UCB room, and that's mm-hmm. gonna you know, and it was comedy bang bang. It's mm-hmm. gonna change too. The meltdown thing will play itself out at some point. It'll be we should start else. a thing and then wait for it to come around to be our turn. I don't think that people will come to our. We won't know who to invite. They'll call us up because they'll want to come. Do you know come. that they did a, a list of the thousand <laughs> best comics of 2014? The thousand? Yeah. And I didn't check to see if I was on the list, but just the fact that you can make a list of the thousand best comedians. Like, I think it was meant to be a joke in a way, but that's it very, a thousand very a, telling. A thousand is a giant, giant list. It's an amazing list. But that the fact that there's a thousand comics that you could. There is a thousand comics. Oh, easy. There's a thousand, I'm sure, and th- that are that are working. That got paid yeah. for at least one. Show I'm in the year. thousand teens. I know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was in the thousand teens. I was in the cutoff. Uh huh. Oh, I see. Yeah. You're just a little bit. Over I'm just a little bit on the other side. Well, I was bummed out when they they did a list of the hundred in you know, and this would be ten, fifteen years ago, and I didn't make the. It was I think it was even a Comedy Central list, and I didn't make it into the hundred. But then you look at the list of the hundred, and it's like, I and mean, then they've got guys in there who are like, really, Bill Cosby needs to be on this list. I feel like he's graduated from the hundred comic. You know, the the best thing that can ever be said about accolades like that was what uh, George Clooney said the other night about. Uh, it, did you watch the Golden Globes? I didn't. I've, I've, I got a thing with the award shows now where I He don't made a nice him. speech. They gave him a – he's a decent enough guy. He won his Lifetime him. Achievement Award yeah. at 50-something years old. Did he say, like, I'm not finished doing things? No, but he, he did sound laugh about it. They Well, they they made fun of him because, you know, his wife is right. really She's... fucking accomplished. And they – and and Tina Fey and and what's her name like that they, they said all the things and now has you know they listed everything she's ever done and then go and now getting a lifetime achievement award for making movies or whatever uh-huh. and he came up and he was very humble and very cool and he said you know you you come here to this thing and eighty percent of the people here tonight lose eighty percent of right. the people in the room tonight lose but every person here is doing what they wanted to do their entire life and he goes. 
I don't know how much hardware Robin Williams ever took home in his life, but I remember Carpe Diem, Seize the Day, boys. That's what you're remembered for is the work that you do, not where mm-hmm. you were on. A, and it's so true. It's like people make lists and you didn't get in the Rolling Stone thing and blah, blah, blah. If people every fucking Easter right, right. send me my Easter bit. They're every fucking Christmas, every t- Halloween, send me the Halloween bit. They remember the Halloween bit. They send me the thing, you know, whatever. That's all. That's all that matters. You well, do the thing and people liked it and they remember you for it and that's it. Well, it's the show that you're doing right now. I mean, the show, the live show that you're doing right now, tonight. The, when I go out tonight and I do a show and people are there yeah. and we have that good time, that's that's what I'm doing it for, the, is that. The kid that opened, the, the kid did a guest set in Philadelphia and he goes, this is a weird story, but I went to visit my sister. I was, mm, I think I was... 15 years old, I went to visit my sister at UCLA, and we went over to see comedy at the improv, and you were on the show. And it was you, Harlan Williams, and somebody else. And he goes, I remember seeing that, and I decided I want to do comedy. I was yeah. like, wow. And he goes, you know, those are the things. Like, when you you remember who you saw when you were young, I remember seeing you on fucking Comedy Tonight. Like, that's – and that's the shit that matters. It, that's it, it is going to stick with that's, you. That's what matters to people who are watching you, and that's what matters to you, too. I mean, those are my favorite stories when I'm on the road and people come up and go, you know, we've been married for 13 years, and we went on our first date to see your show, and it's awesome to come back. Or yeah. Our, our son has been a fan, and now tonight he's finally old enough to come to the comedy club, and we brought him along. He he loves your thing. Got to say, yeah. So that's it's, that's it, what feels good, and and you can get it. That's why I kind of I quit watching the award shows because I was like, yeah, good for them. They're at the awards thing, but if I'm not at the awards, you know, I it's that's not my that's their thing. That's their time to do their thing, and I'm not part of that their thing. So I'm gonna do my own. I'm gonna be doing my life. That's I don't need to watch them do their life at the well, awards show. And it, you know, not to be, I I don't want that to sound bitter, but you know what I mean. It's like I I don't I'm. I've lost interest in that. Well, also, you know, it, 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 nobody, I've said this a couple of years ago and also not in a bitter way. It's a corporate, you know, you've done corporates. Mm-hmm. It's a corporate. It's an enormous office party to celebrate everybody. It's no different than celebrating Bob in Buffalo, who right? It's the, their big the, the biggest amount of sales. It's their big and and it's the, and it is like the award. It's like the corporate thing of like, hey, if you meet your quota and then you hit your high achievement mark, we're gonna all gonna fly to Hawaii the, and we're gonna have an awards. The one thing I like about it is this: we have so little in common anymore as a nation or as a country, you know. And it, and mm-hmm. when it's politics, it's so divisive. That if I saw Whiplash and liked it and someone in Michigan saw Whiplash and liked it and somebody like that and we're all rooting for it to win. We all had a moment to fucking watch it together. Like we all – at least yeah. we all kind of agree on something or we all were rooting for something. We were all – you know, we were all – we were all folk, we were as a, as a country, we were all watching or hating together. Right. But at least there was some kind of a moment – you know that, like yes, yeah, and I and and that we're all participating in the those, culture. At the there's same a lot time. of those when you and I were growing up, and they don't exist anymore. You well, know, the fucking guy lands on the moon. There's not a fucking soul on the earth that isn't watching that now. Shit, people are in rockets, and nobody knows. And you know, well, there used to, there's probably guys in space right now. Yeah, and the, but that but that used to be there were three TV channels, so you right. knew if you were watching 
Barney Miller or MASH or whatever when you were a kid, you knew everybody else or a third of everybody else or more right. was watching that same thing. But now, yeah, maybe that's why I, I stopped watching the award shows, too, is I haven't seen a lot of the movies because I wait for them to come out on something else. And I don't see them at the time right. when everybody is seeing them. So I, so now to watch the award show, it's like I'm watching the award show to find out what movie I'm going to go see. Yeah. Because I haven't seen it. Yet. Yeah. And I mean, I, some years I've watched them, some years I, some years I don't. It all depends. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm pulling for them. I like some of like some of the movies this year, I mean, I love I love Wes Anderson and I love the Budapest movie. So I, you know, when he finally has sex with a grown up lady, it's gonna his movies, <laughs> his movies are really gonna change. I think. I mean, oh, the parody that they did on Saturday Night Live of the, Have you ever seen that? No. Oh God, please. Well, later on, we'll we'll take a look at it afterwards. They do a parody of him making a horror film. It's one of the best. It's one of the best parodies of anything I've ever seen. Wes Anderson's horror film narrator. It's a thing. It's a trailer for a horror film. Okay, it's beautiful. People can. Um, yeah, it's but it's funny though. Like that stuff. It it really doesn't matter. It's like, and it's always those things. There are people who, and I find this to be a theme sometimes on Marin's show, where. There's this thing like if someone in show business isn't doing show business anymore, like what happened, man? As though the discontinuation of a career or a career that doesn't go any further than a certain uh, level of success means failure. As yeah, that, though yeah, the yeah. only thing that would have made your life a success is if you continued making records or writing books or having hits. Do you know what I mean? Because oh, it totally all know. stops at some point. Everything. So we're all winding up in the box. Everybody's right. heading to the right. same. But everyone's you know, career also stops at some point. Tom Hanks's is going to stop at some point, And Brad Pitt's is going to stop at some point. Someone's going to stop calling well, but the, them. But those are the rare examples of people who are super duper successful. And, and then people don't realize that guys like we just watched Peaky Blinders and oh, Sam, yeah. Sam Neal, who, who we've been because he, he's a New Zealander. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, he's he's and, terrific. And we went to a party at his house down there and, the, you know, listen him to talk about what, you know, what he's doing and to hang out with him a little bit. And he's an example of a of this guy who's had this amazing career. But to most people, he's not they don't get like that's a successful guy. That's a super successful guy. So right. forget it. Forget it. When a guy like you or a guy like me is trying to explain to people like, no, I won. I won. I'm a successful guy. Yes. I'm doing, I'm having a good time. Right. Because their thing is, well, what do you, you're not successful until I know what you've done. And it's like, no, that's not my definition of what success is. No, 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 is. because I'm not. Yeah, because my I'm not. definition of successful is I'm doing what I want to do and having a good time and having this connection with an audience and making my living. I am successful. I don't, I don't need for everybody. I don't need for people who hate me to know who I am. Plus also you're looking at the, you're looking at the outside of it as opposed to like the adventure of it. And it was hard for me to start to realize, like, they could go, well, yeah, okay, the talk show only went a year, but what an adventure. It was a fucking adventure. Mm-hmm. The ride didn't go as long as some of the rides go, but I fucking was, my face was on the front of a fucking building, and I had my own, you know, like, this thing happened, and it was amazing, and, and every day was a weird thing, and it was a panic, and it was fun, and there were fights, and there was all this shit, and I had that experience, and then I walk away with it. I'm only going to get to walk away from the, the experience. The success of it, or the not success, isn't anything that I can do anything with, but the the having conversations with the grip and working with Dave Anthony and being there every day with my wife and having my little kids there when they were babies behind mm-hmm. the set and having my best friends visit me like that's all stuff that is real and then i went on to another adventure and yeah, yeah. then i went on to another adventure like it's it's adventures and it's also just like 
fuck, just pay the bills. Just keep paying the bills. That's all. Well, you're trying to, yeah, you're trying to get that, that, the basic life struggle. I was, but I didn't know that. I don't know if I knew that then. I went down to Hermosa Beach. I didn't know. I didn't know that. No, I've just figured it out now because we we all, and maybe it's the realization of like, oh, I'm not going to have the, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get to do all the things that Jim Carrey did. I'm going to get to do the things that I did. Right. But let me tell you something. I bet he would be interested you know, it's hard to pick out a specific person, but everybody's once you start telling them the story, it's like this is what I did. You know, last night I went down to Hermosa Beach and I did did the show, and I it's my, I'm headlining two nights down there, That's and great. so it's like for me it's fun, and I'm dressed in my goofy outfit to go down and do my silly show in the secret nightclub where nobody's going to see me, and then it's well we got a big night tonight because uh, um uh, uh Paul. Uh, Oh God! From Mad About You, a riser. Paul Riser is going to be coming in, and Ray Romano, and they're going to do sets on the show. I'm like, oh, okay. So these two superstars are going to go on and do guest sets in my show. And then I went on and I said, you know, I just kind of realized that I did my career. I, I maybe I didn't do my career the what, what you're supposed to do because I've been doing this as my job, meaning stand up comedy and nightclubs, and I've been going on TV shows and movies as my hobby. Right. And, right. Uh, you know, those guys did it the other way. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. And how did they, did you, and did you have to follow them? I did have to follow. Yeah, I was, I went on And last. how was it? Well, it was great. They yeah. were, they were really funny. But I mean, yeah. let's face it. I like, I'm doing it every night yeah. and they're coming down and yeah. trying to work on some yeah. stuff to get ready to do I a had thing. To, Ray bumped me one night or came in and did a set and I had to follow him. I didn't have a hard time. He's I've a super doing... nice guy Fantastic. and he's really funny It was on working stage. out to do something to open for the president or something like that. But I'd been doing stand-up for a while. So it's. Well, also another thing, but and yes, exactly what you're saying. Exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And on the way down, I was talking to a friend that I met when I was doing a movie in 1992, and we've still been we've been friends since then. And he's just the greatest guy. But we're driving down there, and and he's we're talking about oh, we were talking about Birdman because Birdman, if you're in show business, it can kind of hit you as an exact example of what we're talking about. You know, he plays this actor, and he's trying to get a thing going and and you know this definition of what people's success is and and i said you know obviously i wasn't an actor this i've been doing stand-up and acting was just a fun thing that i did and i never had a game show and he goes yeah but would you have wanted to have a game show host a game show and i said well i turned those things down in the past because i felt like that wasn't what i want to do with my career but now i feel like yeah i'd love to be I'd love to be doing what Drew Carey's doing, hosting the prices, right? Show up for a job every day to be backstage with other people who are working on the thing and camera people. And here's a whole table full of snacks and you can go to your <laughs> dressing right. room and everybody knows who you are. And so when yeah. you go to do your stand-up show, everybody wants to come and see you because they know you from the other thing. And so, yeah, fuck, I would love to be. I'd love to be doing that. My perspective on, you know, what's winning and what's losing and what's uh, what's cool and what's not cool yes. and why is it cool? Why is it yeah. It's not cool to be famous, to do a game show to be famous. It's cool to do a game show and then get people who want to come out to do to see you in the nightclub so that now you've got this whole new group of people who you can ha- share the secret good time with. Well, and the other thing that I always found so interesting, even about me, you know, when, when I was young and judgmental and, you know, I remember thinking – that Howie Mandel, you know, he put the glove on his head and he was this and then he was, you know, I, I don't know. For some reason, I pitied him or I didn't think he was cool or whatever. And then his show was right next to my show. And I met him one day and I thought he was cool. I was like, all of a sudden I was like, fuck, he's still Howie Mandel. He's still somebody that made a fucking mark. And he 
and he did it and he was his own like I know his name and I know his name because he was his own original thing and he was on a uh, he was on a you know uh, uh, he was on a doctor show and now he's hosting this thing and his career stayed alive for a very long time and he's a hardworking guy and that's cool that's cool as shit it's so well you got to respect it you got to respect the success yes. but on the other hand it's it goes back to the thing we were talking about about Taylor Swift it's like hey look I don't care about what rule somebody broke that makes you think that because they broke that rule, it's not good. Like they, I went to see her live and she was singing along with the track that, that I don't care about that. I don't care about, Oh, some comic, he smashes things with a hammer. He smashes, you know, Gallagher smashes watermelons with a hammer. That doesn't make the show not good. I care about like, is, did you have a good time when you watched it? Was it good? (laughs) Did you, I mean, it's like, look really because, because you go up and talk and he hits watermelons with a hammer you're good and he's not good those kind of rules i feel like as i've gotten older i'm i'm kind of done with that and sometimes when i'm listening to younger comics talk about to each other about p- telling the truth and being on stage and being real and honing your cr- making your rules about the how w- this is what you're not you're not doing it right if you don't do it this way it's like doing it right is about like you go up and you do your thing and the people laugh and have a good time that's that's, that's what it. we're all yeah it's just yeah exactly i think I, I think sometimes it's just the frustration at the ease of like you know if you fucking smash a watermelon people go nuts and i've figured that out and i know well that- he figured it out did you saying. figure it out? If you thought of it first, you should have done it. Right. You know, and, and that's what I say to a lot of these other people. Like, if you think it's easy to go out and, and make one of those sitcoms that's hugely popular that you think is insipid, go try it. Go no. go see if you shove a pen up your ass and see if you can write that because you can't. Oh, my God. I was saying to I was I, I just started trying to teach myself how to sing. Because that's something I haven't been able to do, and in my mind I go, you know, I'll figure, I'll figure, I'll, I'll try and sing like some cramp songs. The cramps are just a, you know, just a, they, they do like kind of goofy rockabilly. It seems sort of like B fifty twos. It's sort of like this, singing like this, and it'll be easy. I can play at the same time. I'm trying to teach myself to sing and play at the same time, and I start trying to do it, and I'm like, fuck, these guys are. This is really good. This is hard. Yeah. This, Sounds so fucking easy, and the more I listen to it, I'm like, "This is inspired. Like, this is difficult. This is this guy can actually. Why have I judged this as being lesser than and something I can probably do because it's not good enough? That's why you picked it. You, big, you picked it. the cramps not because you like their songs, but well, because I did, you thought but, but they I thought were I could do easy. it. Yeah. I thought it'd be easy. And then I listened to it, and then I was like, the thing that's so great about it is how easy it sounds. Mm-hmm. I watched this thing about – I watched a guy. There's a guy online that teaches you how to play guitar like Johnny Ramone, and he goes, here's how everyone does it wrong, and this is why it's right, and this is why it's amazing. And he goes, because he misses the first beat every time. He doesn't hit the first beat every time on the guitar, and that's what makes it so great. And you're like, it sounds so easy, but it's not, and 90% of people get it wrong. And they tell you that they don't know how to do it, and they don't know how to do it. And you're like, that's right. It's like if you knew how to do it right, that's why everyone that tries to do that can't because it's not – easy mm-hmm. being you know what i mean it's not you can't just go do it there is a little trick to it when you, everyone has their own special thing that they mm-hmm. you know when somebody's good or when somebody has broken through you know yeah yeah exactly people used to my old, you know all the comics would make fun of friends i'm like that thing's a fucking masterpiece of sitcom comedy it's a great you know for what it is yeah well masterpiece is a big word it is a, yeah, yeah. I think feel like you, you might have you, you're going out of your way to make a point, yeah. and you accidentally <laughs> you know overplayed your hand word. a little bit there. It's a big word, but uh, it's an oeuvre. Yeah, it is. It, there's a lot to it. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of episodes over a long period of time that are consistently 
of you know they decided what they were doing and they did it yeah and it's funny that you would pick that as because that is a very hipster thing to to kind of like bag of friends is was such a not only a a mass culture success, but people who at the time that was the hip show. It was Seinfeld and Friends; those were the cool shows, right? But but to, yeah, there was that amongst our group of cynical hipster alternative, yeah, you know, people. It was like, oh yes, we're looking down on Friends. It's like, man, if you're looking down on Friends, you don't have a lot of things to look up to. <laughs> I, know. I know, and also you didn't get that audition last week. And are you ever going to be as good as Matt Perry? Because Matthew Perry. If you have oh, to, that's the other thing. Good luck. You think you, <laughs> you think what he's doing is, and people thought uh, the other guy, uh, Matt LeBlanc. Yeah. People thought, oh, he's got the easy job. It's just like, hey, try and be the handsome dumb guy because you can't be the handsome dumb guy unless you're the handsome smart guy. Oh my you god. You can't pretend. You can't accidentally nail it every week doing that. They don't know? even give Jennifer Anderson jokes and she makes it funny. Half the lines they give Jennifer Anderson are just her being able to react to people and like it, like I I watched that show. I, I took it apart one day and I was like, this is really quite good and these people are really good at this. You know, the only one I'm like on ah, the fence about is Schwimmer. I'm like that character feels a little bit like man, I know that guy a little bit, but they're all really pretty great. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. I, well, no. When I was saying the the sitcom that everybody thinks, you know, an example of the one Full House, the Bob Saget show. You know, oh, right. people thought, oh, that's a st- stupid show for kids, and you know, it's it's just dumb. Sh-. It's like, yeah, maybe I guess, but try and write, try and write it. You can't. Somebody sits down and writes those, and then they all perform them and figure them out every week. It's not its not just fish in a barrel like you think. Like you just assume, oh, if I ever decided to quit struggling to be, you know, the next Elvis Costello, I could just go out and and yeah. and be this terrible yeah. thing. It's, but it's not as easy to be the terrible thing as you think. No, it's really hard. People used to say, man, fucking Matchbox 20, just write and pop hits. Yeah, that's simple, man. I know. Go out and write them. I'd write a bunch myself, but I don't want to sell out. I got a box of them. (laughs) I got a box of them, but I refuse to perform them because it's beneath me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) totally beneath me. I know that's funny. I would, I would, I, I, uh, I did same thing, game shows and. I would look down on all that stuff. Well, that was a different point. Well, like when I started my stand-up career, the idea well, you like you were either a film actor in movies or you were an actor on TV, and you were either an actor or you were a, a game show host, or and you were a game show host, talk show host, actor on TV, actor in movies. Those were all different things, and you couldn't switch off and go no. between them. No. And now, you know, you can host your own podcast. Like, you can win. Greg Kinnear was Well, hosting. he was the first guy. I was just about to say, he was the first guy that kind of went, whoa, whoa, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. The Talk Soup's going to get an, he's going to get an Oscar nomination? Yeah. You know, he did sort of well, he was the, that. He, but he was the mass maximum proof. That's like people who are like, you're not a success in an actor until you get to be Brad Pitt. And it's like, no, there's your success way yeah. before that happens your success as a as a talk show host who became an actor way before you win an academy award but everybody it's him and oprah winfrey that's who people want to point to you know as as having done that and share because they get nominated for an academy award but there are you know chris christopherson what about that guy yep i feel the millennials are much kinder about all that stuff I don't think they give a shit. I don't think they care how old somebody is. I don't think they care that what you've true. done before. I think they're much more like, is it good? Is it not good? It's, it might be weird to me that I, might, I, may, I may prefer to see 
the murderer on this thing also be Drew Carey. That is interesting to me. Yeah, and it's good news for an old guy because yes. because I do see that at my shows. People in their 20s coming up to me and they enjoyed it even though I'm talking I'm talking about my life and the things that are happening to me. Getting a colonoscopy or or waking up feeling like I got a hangover every day yep. and and they're just like they accept it. It's like, yeah, this is a guy telling me about himself. It doesn't matter that they're not my same age. Like I can't relate to that because I'm not No, because they're not as culturally bound because they don't have to be. They don't have to pick a camp so much. They're not it's not like uh you know, we're not we're not um there's a lot of trends happening at once and you don't have to be a part of the gang. Like remember flares were in and then flares were out and so people wore flares and then people didn't whereas now people wear whatever and people don't aren't just stuck in one thing so they can have a different experience every night. It's like my thing with my daughter. She, she all after Taylor Swift she's like I just want to listen to instrumental music and not my instrumental music. She likes score and soundtrack and like she just likes this really like it's you know I was like really that's what I love about I Alfred. Used to... She likes this thing guy named Alfred Arnold and she just listens oh, yeah? to only his music and it's beautiful and I gotta check that out. But it's also like where's that coming from? You know what I mean? That was never you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna this is how we're gonna go out. Is I'm gonna get Alfred Arnold. But I don't think it's. I think it's with an O. Alf. What? I think it might be. I think it might be a weird name like that. Oh, I don't know. Well, let me see if I can get it on my Spotify, because that's one of the things I was just gonna say. I um, subscribed. I used to subscribe to this thing called Mog, which was, uh, which was like Spotify, where, where you know if you pay, if you pay you can then listen to what the things that you want you don't have to just let it recommend things but then anytime someone recommends something like this uh alfred oh boy it doesn't look like it's o-l-f-r-e-d is that no i don't think it's that no no this is something that i accidentally this is the problem with the touch screen um what do you what, what phone do you have there this is the iPhone 6. Oh, you got the big one. You got the 6 Plus? Uh, yeah. Wow. Because then I don't need an iPad. I can just uh, I can just uh, do everything on here. It's hard to talk. Here it is. I found it. Have you, can you get some music it's on? All of our Arnolds. Oh, God. How do you spell it? O-L-A-F-U-R-A-R-N. Oh, is that it? That's what your daughter's into. That's my daughter's favorite music. She goes, if I could only listen to this, is I would, this is all I would listen to. And how old is she? About to turn 13. Wow. It's awesome. Right? But it's so... It's like dreamy. It's like some kind of... Classical spaceman yeah. soundtrack. I mean, they choreograph dances to stuff like this, so I mean, I can uh -huh. see where that kind of comes from, but she just. And she listens to the. Uh... Oh, is that. You can maybe more. Oh, I should probably talk into this part. Yeah. Uh, she listens to the um, soundtrack to. Um, uh, what was the movie with. Uh... 
oh my god, I can't have the old man syndrome right now. I just can't. Just we'll game show it. Tell me the give me the hints. Uh, it's a movie. Alan Arkin dies in the bus as they're driving across country. Um, with the little girl that he's trying yep. to teach how to yep. be a stripper. Yeah, yep. Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, she listens to that soundtrack constantly. Hmm. She listens to that soundtrack constantly, and it's really pretty, like stuff like that. And then, yeah. Well, that's what I was. That's what I was saying. That's what I love about Spotify. You know, as a paid subscription where you can get into things and download them onto your phone, listen to them, be into it for a while, right. and then bail out on it. And it's not because I'm a cheapskate. It's because I'm eclectic. I want to listen to this and listen to that and listen to the other thing. And not, I don't want to buy the CD and listen to it forever and have it in my closet. Right. You right. Know? Yeah, but, it's uh, very strange. Where uh, Although the kids are buying cassettes now. Do you know that? You were saying that the other day. I find that hard to believe. I think that's a mistake that they're making, right? Because cassettes aren't like vinyl. I can I can understand how you get some kind of sound quality out of it, but cassettes, I don't right? Know. Maybe they're being contrary. Yeah, but it's a fetishy. It's like, oh, I want to have this thing. This I is think the object. It's the Guardians of the Galaxy. Did you see Guardians of the Galaxy? I did. Yeah, that's what it is. They said this since the Guardians of the Galaxy just. Talk about a guy who you thought was one thing who turns out to be another thing. Holy shit. Yeah. He was great, right? Chris Pine? Yeah. And then yeah. he goes, puts the voice back on, goes back and does a character again. Like, I was watching Parks and Rec today. I'm like, they're not even the same guy. Yeah. He's, he wears big pants. He's got a double chin. He's got the beard. Yeah. He doesn't look at all. He doesn't look like at all he's going to save anybody. And then you cut to that thing and he's so good. How did he get them to let him do that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he just it's, seems like it's, it's, it's amazing. It yeah. was great. It, that was a great movie. I really loved it. And my daughter loved it. I loved it, too. Guardians I've, of the Galaxy. I've seen it three times. Oh, I think I, I went once this summer by myself when I was living in New York. And then no, I went twice this summer. I liked it so much. And then I saw it with my kids. And what was the show that you were directing in New York? Is that a thing that people can I watch? Show, it's called My Crazy Love. And it, it's, a, it's a relationship recreation show on Oxygen. And it's going to probably be on for another week or so. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it's coming back. Okay, and the book is on its way. Book's on its way. And another thing. And then I'm, you know, I'm working on the the one man show, Bonsai Washout. It'll be in uh, at uh, in Montreal. Well, I still want to do our our idea, and I want to talk to you about that when we're done right now. Yeah, and I also think both of us should start taking razors on the road and giving people haircuts for ten dollars. We should just be doing it. We should be doing it. I want to start doing a thing after my show that's also part of the experience of coming to the show. And yeah. so maybe it's haircuts. I it could, you know, I'd like to, the podcast thing is fun, but maybe it's haircuts. Maybe it's karaoke. I'm not sure. Maybe it's all of them. Yeah, maybe it is. Haircuts and karaoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Karaoke. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a terrible, you don't want to go. That's a bad People one. sign up and then give each other haircut. You draw two names out of the hat. Yeah. And then you flip a coin to see who gives the other guy a haircut. Yeah. And I get $10. And the one who's getting their haircut has to sing. I like, <laughs> I like that. I like that. Okay. Thanks for coming over. Dude, thanks for having me. I can't quite make that out. A podcast. I thought you said take this. A well, thank you so much, Greg Barron. We had a great time hanging out. Then we went on this long walk, and Greg told me this story that he's working on for this one-man show that he's doing. That is, ladies and gentlemen, unbelievable.
unbelievable. It's going to be so great. I loved hearing that story. And so thank you, Greg, for telling me that story. And guess what? Everybody listening, you've got to go see uh, Greg's one-man show that he's getting ready to do. Um, I don't know how far in the future that's going to be or where you are right now when you're listening to this because it could be out. It could be out right now. When you get back from your time machine going to see that Sioux City show, then you might want to go forward in time or it could even be backward in time. You've got to reorient it yourself. I only know where I am right now speaking to you from this hotel room inside of the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino here in Sioux City, Iowa. But I'll be gone by the time you listen to this. I'm pretty sure, unless you're inside your TARDIS right now, in which case Thursdays are cool. Hey, thank you for listening. Don't give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. I've told you that before, but I really want you to think about it. I really want you to remember it. I also want you to realize that you are the choices that you make. And thank you for choosing to listen to this show, because that's who we are. Um, I will talk to you next week. You did say this, right? Jake this and yeah. that.